0: the ministers and pastors on the Russell so thank you to my dear friends who have flown in thank you so much you'll never know how much it means to me that you will take time out of all of your busy schedules to just jump on a plane and come it means it means more than you will know And uh, I'll jump off of that point before I wreck the whole thing on accident
1: Pastor Davis,
0: thank you for officiating to my Potter's House staff and volunteers, I am deeply touched by your kindness, and I thank you deeply for your love and your kindness and your prayers. It means the world to me. The funeral directors, thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, I want everybody but the family to stand. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 4. second Timothy 4. I won't uh, mislead you like other ministers who sometimes say, I won't be before you long, and then they're up. I really mean it. I won't be. But i do feel like the lord has given me something this morning for this occasion but somebody who is here the lord has given me this for you directly second timothy four i'm going to read verse one through eight and then i'm going to go down to verse 21 the, the day calls i charge thee therefore before god and the lord jesus christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing his kingdom. Preach the word Be in instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make foolproof of thy ministry, for I am ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth laid up for me is a crown of righteousness with which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Verse 21. He's talking to Timothy. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Do thy diligence to come before winter. The Lord has given me this message, and I want to share it with you. The grace to prepare. The grace to prepare. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you even for this moment. You brought us all here together, Lord, to worship you and to celebrate this life. Now, God, I ask that you would stand up in me. And that you would speak to whomever it is that you have given me this word for. Use me, Lord. Hide me behind your cross. Bless somebody today in a supernatural way. Let them never be the same again today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The, the, the eulogist. Uh, the funny thing about my father is that uh, uh, I think he liked my preaching, so I feel But Might as well do it. Uh, but I, I wanted to do it as an honor to him and a tribute to his, to my father. The Bible does say, Honor thy mother and father, that thy name may be long upon the earth. And I thought of no better way of honoring him than in the last moments that we get to celebrate him. Mm-hmm. That uh, I would honor my father by speaking well of him. That is the eulogy. There are a few things that we left out of the obituary that I wanted to make sure that we pointed out. Now, my father grew up in a Christian home. His mother and father, his mother was a Christian, his grandmother was a Christian so you know he grew up knowing about the Lord hearing about the Lord but he also grew up in the 60s at the time of civil unrest and so with that he turned and, and changed and went to the nation of Islam and you know he, he grew up in the ranks and they have their FOI the fruit of Islam which is the bodyguards and so my father came up in ranks and he, and he became, you know, an FOI. And to the day that he was no longer able to tell us, he was not ashamed to tell you how you can dismantle a man just with one switch of the hand. He made it, he was very proud to say that he was a security guard at one time, and I was on the FOI. Yeah, so I know how to, I know how to choke somebody was very proud of that. He showed you how to sit with one hand over the other in case somebody come up to you, all you got to do is chop up in the front. He didn't mind, had no qualms about telling you that, oh no, I, I used to be a fighter back in the day. He had no qualms. He didn't mind telling you that. So he grew up in the ranks and he got a chance to, to guard Muhammad Ali and, and Malcolm X and, and um, he, he loved to, to talk about that. As previously stated, somewhere in the 90s, I can't remember remember the exact date he did dedicate his life back to the Lord. Thank the Lord. And he began to serve in our old church, uh, Southern Crest uh, Full Gospel Baptist Church. And he was a deacon and a minister. And then later on, he would go on to become a member and a, a faithful, active member of Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church. Now there were some quirky things about my father that you must understand. And I get me a little bit better. He was just a tainty bit of what people consider a hoarder.
1: Just you know, you wouldn't write a special about him, but just
0: a tainty bit. And you would wonder that why are you keeping a gas receipt? From 2011 in Oklahoma, and he'll have the title, the, the date, and everything written. He said, "You just never know when you'll need it." I thought, "All right, I don't see when you'll need it. I don't see you being brought up subpoenaed for where you <laughs> were." But to each his own. He loved to write dates. If you saw some of those pictures, he, he loved to to write dates on things. And I can hear him to this day. <clears throat> if I was to walk out of a store and didn't get the receipt, go get their receipt. But daddy, it was 85 cents. Go get their receipt. You never know
1: when somebody's
0: going to try to say something to you that you steal it. You keep that receipt. All right. Yes, sir. So it feels funny now if they say you want the receipt and I and I have to wrestle in my head. Uh, nah, I, I, I think I'm all right. And then you just run to the car and hope nobody stops you. Say you stuff, so, so. My father had no qualms about telling you how you felt. He cut it straight to the chase. No chase. He would tell you. He had no problem. You gonna wear that? I don't think you should wear that. All right. He would ask me, you know, uh, he would be in the room several ways down. He would say, uh, and you got something wrong with your larynx? Cause you were snoring pretty hard. I'm like, all right, man. You know, and sometimes his, his bluntness would, would cause you to say, daddy, don't say that. Daddy, you can't say that. Well, I just thought they should know. No, not now. They can know, but not now. All right. <laughs> but the funny thing about it is, <clears throat> when I was born, my father was 43, and so all of my life, I knew that my father was a bit older. Well, he looked really old to me as a kid. And now I'm 43, and I realize, oh, I ain't old at all. Dr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sprout. I'm a spring chicken. But it's funny how life shows you that what you equate to old or what you equate to success or or what you see as a milestone, or closer you get to it, you realize that it's really not what you thought it was. So as he got older and his health started to decline, he knew. He's always been known as the person you can call on to get information, to get wisdom. You can always call him, he'd help you. And so, it was always a thing of, if you brought somebody by, oh he's gonna drop some nuggets on you. If you brought somebody by, he's gonna gonna share with them and help them. One thing about my father, you probably saw it in the video, he was a dressing. You can see his suit up there. Coordinated dressing Blue suit, white shirt. He's gonna have a bow tie on, he's gonna have a neck tie. He's gonna maybe have a cummerbund, but he's gonna be clean from head to toe. He never, in my life, I've ever seen him wear a pair of shorts, ever. He had a particular way of doing things. He had never, I've never seen him in a pair of shorts and barely, my younger brother and his wife were able to get him in a short-sleeve shirt. And you think, Daddy, why? Why? It's okay. No, I'm from the old school. That was his line. I'm from the old school. And if he's going somewhere, he's gonna put on a suit jacket, a blazer. Uh, we just going to the laundromat. All right, let me go get my blazer. You don't need your blazer for progress, but that's just his mentality. He had a certain way he wanted to be presented, and he was, he was stern about that. Now, I understand him a bit more in regards to whenever you saw him, he was always dropping nuggets and throwing something at you and throwing wisdom at you. My father saw the importance of sharing with the next generation and those who were coming behind you. So he wanted to make sure that he advised you of the pitfalls that are heading your way and the pitfalls that you can avoid and the things that he saw. And one thing about him, he was proud to be a black man. And and definitely coming from the nation of Islam, he wanted to make sure you understood your blackness and understood what a people we were and never let anybody diminish that and always stand proud to be black and never let anybody make you feel better or worse than because of that. Now, if you heard him in the video, he was no longer a Muslim, but he would still say use the saying As-salamu alaykum, which is Arabic for "Peace be unto you." He believed in in being somebody's peace, and he always used that as a greeting when he met somebody. And though he was no longer a Muslim, this the no war thing remained remained to this day. Now he tried to convert me. To no pork. But I ain't bacon this morning. And I had some ribs last night. So you can see that conversion maybe haven't fully kicked in. And I don't know.
1: Because
0: I kind of like some pork chops. So I don't know. I'll follow your Christ. You know, and I'll, I'll wear a bow tie. But I'm not going to. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right. I digress because I'm getting older. But. He would always address women as as sisters, young men as brothers, young blood, or son. And then when he became sick, and we began to talk about the plans for his celebration, I thought about the fact that he would always look out for the younger brothers and sisters how he would always share with the younger people, and younger is anybody who wasn't older than him. So it didn't matter the age. If you are not 87, you're younger. So he'd always share with you, but he was really drawn to those who were uh, millennials or those of us who were Gen Xers. He was drawn to make sure he poured wisdom into you and drawn to make sure that he impeded or uh, put something in you. And when I thought about that, he loved the ideal of somewhat being, in his old age, a mentor to the younger generation. And I thought about the fact that, to me, he was somewhat appalled and I was a Timothy Paul you all know original name was Saul was a staunch staunch Christian hated hated the, the people who were following the way hated it so much that he wanted them all to be destroyed but the funny thing about the decisions that Paul was making and the plans that Paul had is that they got impeded one day on the road to Damascus. And I got all these preachers here, so you know the story. But maybe you don't, some of you. He got stopped on the road to Damascus. And it's funny how God will change your plan. And Jesus stopped him on the road to Damascus, and Paul says, the funny thing about it, he says, what do you want me to do, Lord? Now, he's been killing Christians the whole time, never acknowledging Jesus Christ, but had an encounter. And the first question he says is, what do you want me to do, Lord? Jesus said, "His I. Christ, you've been persecuted. Blind in his eyes. And sent Ananias over the prophet to open his eyes. But Paul had had such a past that Ananias was saying, surely you don't want me to do it to this guy. This guy was coming to kill us. The Lord said for somebody it doesn't matter the past you have. I've got a plan. And I am going to set you up for my glory. And Paul Got some food in At after Adonais he touched his eyes and his eyes were immediately open. The Bible says the scales fell off. The scales fell off and his eyes were open. And after he got some food and he was straight as the scripture says. He then went on to run, go to the synagogues and tell the people about this Christ. And the people of, at first were afraid because was this not the same guy? So you may have a story, but it doesn't matter. God is going to cover your story with his blood. So this guy who went from being the chief hater was now a chief advocate for the gospel. Now Paul began to do ministry trips and missionary trips to spread the gospel. And on his second trip in a city called Lystra, Paul was introduced to Timothy and timothy in fact was recommended by the local leadership god is going to put you in a position where your name is going to go before you you'll get that in a minute now paul was a mentor to timothy and someone looked up to him like a son in fact in verse one verse two of chapter one he calls timothy my true son in the faith and Tim, Paul wrote two letters to Timothy. The first one was he was setting up the church, cause Paul was in jail, he set up the church and he's talking about the qualifications of a leader and removal of false doctrine and preserve, uh, perseverance, pers, pers, uh, I got tongue tied, of public worship. Mostly in the jail cell, but the funny thing now is that the second book of Timothy, Paul is not so much in a physical jail as he is as much in a mental jail, because he knows he's about to die. And it's the funny thing about once you start seeing time slip away. Time will make you be more honest and be more declarative than you have in your youth. Because every day you know that every day it looks like you're living, but you're really dying. So Paul began to make proclamations to him and he began to warn him of things to come to hold fast to the doctrine you've been taught and to stir up the gift which is in you, the gift of God which is in you. He said, be strong in the Lord, in the grace of the Lord, into a hardness as a good soldier. Do your best work, be present as a, do your best to be present, present yourself, I'm sorry. As To God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but rightfully, rightly, rightly handles the word of truth. But when we get down to chapter 4, they call chapter 4 the charge. Because it's the old man now. He sees that he's getting ready to die. And if I'm getting ready to die, let me throw some more of this at you. Before my eyes are dim and I can no longer say it. He said, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. Preach the word. I'm going to just skim down. He said, preach the word. For it's going to come a time when they won't hear something. There's going to come a time that they're going to go after their own lust. He said, but also they're going to have itching ears. He said, and he tried to charge them to endure affliction and do the work of an evangelist to make full proof of the ministry. And he said, Now my hour has come. My time of departure is at
1: hand."
0: And the crazy thing is that he told them in verse 21, he said, Come before winter. You better hurry up and get here, because I don't know if I'm going to last that much longer. And he said, you better hurry up and come, because I'm getting ready to go. And if you're going to do anything, you better do anything right now, because my time is going out. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. So my father began to get sick about five weeks ago, and so he began to get sick, and my father started going down real fast, and he got down, he couldn't dress himself, and he got down, he couldn't hardly speak anymore, and he got down, he couldn't hardly talk anymore, and I asked the Lord why? Why would you let this man who was so prideful, he would never let anybody hold his keys because he was afraid you may leave with him. He was so prideful. He didn't go out the house without a certain look. But why would you let him suffer this many weeks before taking him home? And the Lord said, it's for two reasons. I'm giving you the grace to prepare for what's happening next, but I'm giving him the grace to prepare for the next dimension. And the Lord told me to tell you that before you get ready to go higher in any dimension, He's gonna give you the grace to prepare. The Lord said, He's given you the grace to prepare. The Lord said that. That death wrong, because when we see death, we see it as a sad thing, but the Lord said death is not necessarily a sad thing, but it is an indicator, that death is an indicator that something is about to happen, and the Lord said you cannot get higher until something dies, he said you cannot get higher until you allow something to die. So the Lord said, if you've seen death in anywhere in your life, that is an indicator that something is about to happen in your life. If you've seen death in any area in your life, just get happy and start celebrating. Because he said he has given you the grace to prepare for something next. And I don't know who this is for. You may see death in some concepts, death in some ideals, and death in some realities. But the Lord said he was preparing you for a new dimension, and he was getting you ready. That seed that you see in the ground, that seed had to die to its original form in order for it to grow. That caterpillar that you saw become a butterfly, had to die to that area in order to become a butterfly. And the Lord told me to tell you, if you see death, death is just a sign that he's about to do something in your life. If you see death anywhere, that means that God is about to give life Somewhere else, I don't know who I'm
1: preaching
0: to. But the Lord said, Get ready. I'm steal your word. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Something is about, something is about, something is about, something is about to happen in your life, in your mind, in your money, in your family. Something, something, something is about to happen. And all you got to do is given to death because if you can give in to it he can take you higher but the longer you fight the longer it's going to take for the process but if you can give in like Jesus gave in to the process, he says soon and very soon soon and very soon I promise I'm going to raise you up but if you just give in and submit I've got something better for you. in Lord's the place of thy kids. Let them, let them stretch forth of thy habitants. He said, lift in the cords, for you are getting ready to inherit something. You get ready to inherit something. And the Lord said, this is an indicator that I'm taking you higher. I said, Lord, sit in that room. Somebody who needs to hear this. He said, I'm going to send somebody who's seeing some death. It may not be a natural death. It may be a death in your mind. It may be a death in some ideals you have. It may be a death in a relationship. But the Lord said that death is an indicator that something greater, 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 greater is about to happen in your life. And I dare you for the next 30 seconds to praise God for your better.
1: Praise God for your better. Praise God for your better. Better, better is coming. Better is coming. But seen.
0: your ears haven't heard, neither has it entered to your heart. What am I about to do? But if you die in that thing, I can take you higher. I feel like I feel like somebody in this room you came here for a celebration, and God has given you a declaration. You came here to mourn, but God has given you fresh revelation. But something is about to happen in your life. Something that you didn't even understand. You came here with problems on you. But God is getting ready to let that seed flourish. You came here with issues on you. But God is getting ready to set you free this morning. The Lord said, I gave you the grace to prepare for the next dimension of your life. And all you've got to do is
1: praise me and his land. Praise me. let everything, let everything, let everything, let everything, if you will see, and you've got breath, you
0: will commanded. it.
1: Praise
0: ye, the Lord, come on, lift him
1: up. Come on, set him free. Set yourself free this morning. You don't have to be locked in to where you're at. Come on, lift him up. Come on, lift him up. Come on, lift him up, come on, lift him up.
0: Now, 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 now. This here, this ain't a funeral. This is a celebration, and I have never seen a good celebration where ain't no dancing involved. So for the next 30 seconds, I don't care how you celebrate, you can leap, you can dance, you can clap, but I want everything in here. For the next 30 seconds, we're going to celebrate the life of my father on the campus green. I want you on your feet because we get ready to celebrate. We get ready to take this thing high. point. 2 See, my brother, and I dare you.
1: Thank you.